welcome to episode number 53 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. As you probably know by now, we are in a series on our finances. What's interesting is I didn't expect the series to last this long, but there's so many topics and so many issues we need to discuss. So we'll just continue talking about finances as the Lord directs us and until we run out of scriptures. And that's going to take quite a while, I think. So today we're going to get into a specific area of finances, and that has to do with the issue of prosperity. Now, I can't think of anyone who would not want to prosper, who would not want to prosper in their finances and their health and their relationships and have a wonderful life here on earth. But there are some people who don't understand that God desires for us to prosper. And in the area of finances, the Lord tells us throughout his word, there are numerous examples where he tells us how we should prosper and how we should be overcomers and how we need to be successful. The Lord wants us to be blessed. I believe he is our source of any type of financial blessing because the word of God tells us that. So let's just take a look today and see what prosperity has to do. Today's topic is entitled, Prosperity is Mine. So let's pray first. Father, I pray you would help and direct this teaching. I pray you would anoint me, Lord, to bring forth a session, Lord, a message, Lord, that would bless these folks. And I pray, Father, Lord, that as you guide us through your word, that you would reveal to us the truths that you have for us. And I pray that prosperity will be revealed. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the title of today's podcast may seem a little bit aggressive to some, and others might think that that's not the proper way to think of it, but I like to believe that prosperity is mine, and I base that on the premise that God promises us to prosper in all things. Matter of fact, I end each podcast with a statement that says, may you prosper in all things and be in good health even as your soul prospers. That's a scripture found in 3 John verses 1 and 2. So look it up. It's translated differently and different translations show it. For example, if you read it in the Berean Study Bible, it says it this way, Beloved, I pray you to prosper concerning all things and to be in good health just as your soul prospers. In the King James Bible, it says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. As the New American Standard says, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Now, I could go on and on and I'm not going to. There are many, many scriptures throughout the Bible that talk about prosperity. So we're going to take a look at that today and see which ones apply to your life. So let's just base this entire teaching on the Word of God. And let's start out where God promises prosperity all the way back in the book of Deuteronomy. In chapter 28, verse 11, it says, the Lord will give you prosperity. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15, it says, now listen today, I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. So I guess there must be a big difference between prosperity from the Lord and a disaster. I believe many times that people don't understand that God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to prosper, but he warns us if we don't prosper financially in the proper ways, then we can have a disaster in our life and we can find difficulties that we didn't even imagine were possible. Things like divorce, things like losing your family, things like health problems, even illegal things. Some people go after prosperity in whatever way that they can, and they will even take illegal action for financial gain. So we want to avoid all that and just continue to believe that God wants us to prosper in all things and be in good health even as our soul prospers. 
I mentioned the title of this is Prosperity is Mine. Well, let's see how it can become mine or ours. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20 says, Those who listen to instructions will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. So right out of the box, we're told that we can prosper if we listen to instructions. Now, instructions come from a lot of different places. You're going to hear people tell you how to get rich quick. You might instructions on how to invest a certain way or how to reinvest in things or where to spend your time and where to place all your effort and work experience. They might tell you that you'll prosper only if you get a great education. And of course, I'm for education. I have a degree, but I think it's important we understand that a degree is wonderful, but degree doesn't always give us wisdom. Degrees give us instructions and knowledge. Wisdom comes from God. True wisdom that'll be lasting come from God, comes from God. So we want to be sure that we listen to what it said in Proverbs 16, 20. Those who listen to instruction will prosper. Now, we've got to be careful what we listen to. As a pastor for many years, people would come to me and they say, Pastor, I want to know something about how can I increase my finances or how can I do this or how can I do that or a spiritual question about issues dealing with faith or trust or evolution or creation or whatever it might be. And they'd always say they're reading from this subject or this sub- other subject or this author writes about one thing and someone else something else. And they start reading things that they get in very confused. They get frustrated. And that can happen to each and every one of us. So I'd like to tell people before you pick up something and start reading it, maybe you could call me or call someone else or speak to someone that you have confidence in and make sure that you're reading the right information. When the Bible tells us to listen to instruction, it's obviously wanting us to listen to Bible-based instruction. We want to be sure that we're listening to people who are believers in the Word of God, people who believe that God's Word warns us about getting rich quick, that God's Word warns us about how to make errors and make mistakes. So when we get instructions, get instructions from the right source. And the right source is always the Word of God. So let's continue to get some more instructions. This time, we're going to look at Proverbs 19, verse 8, where it says this, To acquire wisdom is to love one's self. People who cherish understanding will prosper. Okay, here's some more instructions for us. Those who cherish understanding. It's important not to make decisions without proper understanding or clarity. Whenever we go to purchase something or buy a car or sign a contract of any type, even get a credit card, we need to gain understanding. We need to cherish the thought that we know what we're doing so many people don't sign things today. They get into contracts and they just trust everyone and someone says, well, this is what the contract says. So you say, oh, okay. So you sign it. Let me give an example of where a lack of understanding robs someone from prosperity. There was a dear friend that we had who went out to purchase a home and he bought his home and it was a nice house and everything was just fine with the house. But then he went to borrow money to finance the home. Well, the lender that he went to drew up a contract or an agreement or a repayment plan that this individual did not understand. He did not understand that in the contract, there were various phrases that said, every year you need to pay extra principal on your loan, or every six months, your interest rate will increase by a half a percent. And it was just filled with those types of things because he didn't read them. He didn't understand that they were there. Now, some people say, well, I can't, I can't read them because I'm not an attorney and I don't understand them. But many things that you look at today, 
today in financing on homes and things of that nature, it's pretty easy to read. And if it's not, then be sure that you get someone else to read it for you. But having understanding is so important, it will rob you of prosperity. So this gentleman went on and signed these contracts and went into his home. And a couple years later, he got a letter from this lender. And the lender said, by the way, you owe us $25,000 in fees and a balloon payment. That's a payment that just jumps at you all of a sudden in a very large amount. And we need that money by a certain date or else we're going to take the home from you. Well, he then called the guy and said, where's that? I didn't know that was in there. And they said, oh yeah, you signed it. He said, well, I didn't understand. And they said, well, I'm sorry you didn't understand, but you did sign it. So therefore you agreed to all the conditions of this loan. He did not gain understanding. He did not cherish understanding and did not get into understanding the instructions of what his loan told him. So yes, I hate to say it, but he did lose his home. The lender stepped in because this man was not able to make the payments that the loan said he had to make and he lost his house. And he'd put a lot of money in improvements and did a lot of nice things to it. And it was such a sad situation because he was a good guy. Him and his wife were great people. He was sincere about his payments. He made all of his payments on time, did a lot of nice improvements to the home, but then turned around and lost it all because he did not cherish understanding of what he was signing. So let me just give you a word of caution. You want to claim prosperity and say, well, prosperity is mine. Well, make sure that you read whatever you're signing. Before you sign it, please read it. Title company that I go to, those are called escrow companies also, will tell me that many people get a stack of documents, 20, 30, 40, 50 pages from their bank, and they just sign and sign and sign and don't read anything. Well, my policy has been this. Before I go in to sign a contract on something large like buying a home or refinancing my house, getting a large loan of some type, a car loan, whatever it might be, I make sure that before I sign it that I'm given time to read it. And if I don't understand it, I'll call someone and get an explanation as to what that statement is and what they're saying about that loan and it's worth it but most people don't do that the title company told me many many times that probably 98% of the people that sign their documents never read anything so let's not be that person let's not rob ourselves of prosperity because we did not gain understanding and we did not cherish it let's move on to another promise on how to get prosperity found in this time Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 5 one of my all-time favorites I've even referenced it already a couple times in this particular podcast. Here's what it says in Proverbs 21 verse 5, the New Living Translation. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. So now here we learn something else about prosperity being ours. First of all, it requires good planning. It takes a plan to know exactly how to prosper in our finances. A plan requires things like a good budget, an understanding of what we spend, an understanding of whatever we're purchasing will have sometimes additional costs to it. Let me let me talk about good planning. There's a lot of people here in Arizona that purchase swimming pools for their home. It's hot here. A swimming pool is a nice thing to have in your backyard. So they go out and they purchase it. They get a contract. They sign a contract and put a loan maybe with a lien against their property, their home, and someone builds them a big swimming pool and they're so excited and they're swimming and enjoying it. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But all of a sudden they didn't realize that it's one thing to purchase a pool. It's one thing to pay the cost or make the payment or pay cash to have a pool built. But a swimming pool carries something called maintenance with it. And it's important that we understand in good planning that if you purchase a swimming pool, you're also going to increase your monthly utility expenses for water because it uses water. And in Arizona, it 
dehydrates all the time and you have to keep refilling it and refilling it and add water to it, then you also have an increase in your electricity bill because a swimming pool requires a cleaning system. The cleaning system has to run sometimes seven, eight hours a day. That's seven days a week, 365 days a year. That pool motor is running and cleaning and doing the job that it's supposed to do and it's costing us money and electricity. Just to give an example, they say that the estimated cost of running a swimming pool in Arizona for electricity is between $40 to $50 more a month and the cost of water could be as much as another $10 a month. Then there's chemicals we have to put into the swimming pool. Now this is in the good planning to prosper and if we get that swimming pool that makes us feel like we're prospering but we've got to understand that there's additional things added to it. So we've covered the water, we've covered electricity. Now now you got to look at the idea that you need chemicals. You need to continue to purify that water, clean that water, put chlorine in it, or have a salt system that requires cleaning. And the cost of chemicals, it's estimated that the maintenance of a swimming pool can be at least $100 a month. A lot of folks get a swimming pool and don't realize that it's another $100 a month for them to maintain that pool and to keep that pool up. So it's something we got to think about in our planning. It might be to deal with a big car. You get a a great big car or a great big truck that's got all kinds of power in it and great big tires on it and a huge engine and all of a sudden your cost of gasoline and maintenance goes up. So good planning and hard work lead prosperity. So if we want to claim the promise that prosperity is mine, then I need to plan. First of all, remember I said we had to have understanding. We need to cherish understanding. We need to be open to instruction and we need to have good planning. So all these things are crucial if we want to claim prosperity financially in our life. This verse also has another part to it that's very important. In verse 5, it says, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. What that means is we've not done our due diligence on prior podcasts. I've talked about that. Due diligence is the planning portion of making a decision. It's understanding what's going to happen or what needs to take place. And if I make this decision, what the results of that decision are going to be, that's called due diligence. So due diligence is required in all your financial decisions that you have. So be careful not to have shortcuts and make sure that we have a steady, consistent plan of good works and then God will bless you and we can claim that promise that prosperity is mine. All right, let's look for more instructions in the Word of God dealing with prosperity. It's found in Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 25. Once again, I'm reading in the New Living Translation. So let me read this to you. Greed causes fighting. We know that. Trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. All right, a couple of very important points if we want to claim prosperity in our life. Greed causes fighting. It also says in other translations that greed causes frustration or anger or difficulties. Basically, what it means is greed is always wrong. In the plan to prosper, we need to avoid greed. The Bible tells us to avoid every form of greed. Greed is a topic that is so vital to people that there are television programs written about it. There are many books on the shelves today talking about greed. There are many people who've gone to prison because of greed. There are folks who've filed bankruptcy because of greed. So greed is a disastrous thing in planning for prosperity in our life. Greed is anything that takes us away from seeking God and putting God first in our decisions. Greed is when we think that money is more important than the relationship that we have. Well, let me give you an example. There was a man I did business with many years ago. When I was a banker, he was one of my customers, and he was a very greedy 
greedy person. He always was trying to get something extra from the bank. He wanted this service free and that service free. He wanted me to give away the bank to him. And it was always, he always felt that we charged too much. And, and he knew that we were just trying to get in his back pocket and take his money. But he was struggling with something more than that. He was struggling with a problem called greed. He wanted to be the one in every situation where he made money. And he, it didn't matter if anybody else did. There's something that's important to be very important to me. Matter of fact, it's so important to me that I'm putting together a book entitled The Art of the Fair Deal. And it's based upon the understanding that we have a fair deal in any type of business transaction. Or even if we're selling a car to our neighbor, it should be fair. The person should pay a fair price and expect to get a decent product. Greed comes about when we sell a car to someone and we tell everything's working fine, but then we really know that it's got problems. The transmission's acting up or the engine's acting up or there's some problems and that greed will cause us to do a bad transaction. It'll come back at us, at us and it'll cause, as the Bible says, it'll cause fighting or disruption in our family, in our home, and in our life. So we need to avoid every form of greed when we're looking to a plan to have prosperity in our life. This scripture says, trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. So now there's something vital to this as for Christians, and that is that we need to learn how to trust God. Now, do we really trust God or not? There's a there's a thing that's going around in schools today where high school kids have this little trust program that they're operating where they, I think they call it the trust fall or something like that. What they do is they walk up to people and say, I'm going to trust you to catch me when I fall back. I'm just going to fall back and I know that you're going to catch me so I trust you. Now that certainly is an area of trust. There's a lot of trust that takes place in our life and that is the area of just simply sitting down in a chair. Before we sit down in a chair, we trust the chair to hold us, right? When we're driving along and something happens on the road and we need to put our foot on the brake, we're trusting the brake to stop us. So trust is everywhere. It's all around us. We trust our marriage partner, our spouse. We trust them to be faithful and they trust us to be faithful. The bank trusts us when they loan money to us to pay it back. So trust is a crucial word. So we need to move into the realm of trusting the Lord. That means we put our total confidence and trust in Him. We trust Him because He loves us. We can mark that down. We can write that down. We trust Him because He's given us eternal life. That's His promise in the Word of God, and that's wonderful. So we trust Him for that and thank Him for that. We trust Him to help us and give us direction in our life. So He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. So the Holy Spirit helps us and, and tells us and encourages us when we should do something or should not do something. I should probably comment when I say tells us, just basically impresses us. I've never heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. I've never heard God speak to me in an audible voice, but I'm impressed by things I pray about when I'm seeking wisdom and direction and guidance, and I feel impressed to do this or not to do that. That's a trust that I have, that that source of comfort and direction is coming from the Lord. So we need to learn how to trust God, and we trust God when we just put everything on the line in order to be blessed Financially, we must put our finances in God's hands. Now, I'm not telling you to run out and take every dime you have in the bank and give it to the church or give all your money away to the church. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that we trust God to help us make the right decisions in our finances. And the best way I know to start that trust is to give a percentage of what we earn, what we make to the Lord. That's trust. That's a great trust. And so when we give our finances to the Lord first, we're trusting Him with those funds and we're knowing that we're going to be blessed by it. So trusting the Lord leads to prosperity. So 
We say many, many times, God, I trust you. Can God look at us? Let me ask you this question. Can God look at us and say, and I trust you? Because a lot of times God cannot trust us with our finances to do what we should do with it. So that's going to be difficult for him to bless us if he can't trust us. So be trustworthy and then God will trust us. We trust him and we'll move one step forward to claiming that promise that prosperity is mine. Here's a wonderful scripture dealing with how we can say prosperity is mine. In Psalm, the book of Psalms, in Psalm 34 and verse 12, it says right here, does anyone want to live a life that is long and prosperous? Now, those of you who are listening out there, do you want to live a long, prosperous life? I would think the answer is yes. I would think the answer is absolutely, positively. I'd like to live a long life and I'd like it to be prosperous the whole time that I'm living. Well, here are the guidelines. Here's the things that the Lord has told us. Let me give you a quick review again. We've learned today that we need to listen to the Lord to prosper. We need to be open to instruction from the Lord. We need to trust the Lord and our prosperity goals will be met. We need to avoid any form of greed. And if we do that, we got a greater chance of prosperity our life. And then finally, to kind of wrap that stuff all up, it's the benefit. Benefit of this is going to be to live a long and prosperous life. A lot of people that I know today through banking and through my career and financing people's homes and their businesses and all this stuff, live prosperous lives, but not all of them live a long, prosperous life. A lot of them have frustration and they wind up bringing sickness on their body. Matter of fact, being worried and being concerned and being anxious about getting rich quick, making a lot of money overnight can put so much pressure on us and can cause us to feel so challenged in the day-to-day activities that we sometimes will bring physical diseases on our body because we're ruining our physical nature because of our desire for just financial wealth. So avoid that. Be sure you don't go that way and claim God's promises that you can prosper and that prosperity will be yours. So now I'm going to go another step a little deeper in this as I wrap this particular podcast up and talk about something I've written a book on. And that has to do with calling forth those things that are not as though they are. Let me repeat that. Calling forth those things that are not as though they are. That lesson is found in the book of Romans where Paul is teaching. It's in Romans chapter 4 and verse 17. To to make a quick review of this, Paul is writing about the promises that God had to Abraham because he promised Abraham that he'd be the father of many nations. And Abraham pretty much responded with, but I don't have anything. I'm old. I'm almost 100 years old. My wife, Sarah, is about 90 years old. We don't have anything anymore. We're not able to conceive children. So Lord, how can I be blessed and be the father of many nations if I don't have the ability right now? And that, that robbed him from prosperity at the time. And yet his promise from God was that he would prosper and that all of the generations that followed him would prosper because of his promise to Abraham. So, so Paul's talking about that. And he says in verse 17, that is what the scripture means when God told him, that's told Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. So let me just tell you this. If you're doubting your ability to prosper in all things, well, then you may be claiming that, well, I don't have anything. I don't have any finances. I don't have any substance. I don't have a great job and all those things. Well, let me just tell you that God doesn't need you to have those things right now. What he needs or desires is for us to trust in him, trust in his word, and God will call forth something out of nothing. My book that I've written on this subject is entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. It's a book on faith, but it's a book about calling for 
forth those things. And I like to kind of wrap it up by saying, it's saying, Lord, I don't have it, but I know I'm going to get it. I don't have this situation under control, but I know it's coming. It's like when I was diagnosed with cancer. When the doctor looked at me and he said, you've got six months to live. There's no cure for this. And if this doesn't work, I don't know what's going to happen. Other than I can tell you that you may not last but another six months. When he said that, immediately my spirit went into overtime work and the Holy Spirit impressed me to tell the doctor, so let me get this straight. You're trying to scare me with heaven. What I was saying was, I cannot possibly be a Christian and not be blessed in one way or another. Even if the diagnosis of cancer comes, I know that God is still going to bless me and I'm going to spend eternity with him. And what I was also saying was, I'm going to call forth and believe that what I don't have, which is my healing, I'm going to get. And so I called forth those things that were not as though they were. And I believe for healing. So my entire focus, my wife and I's entire focus on that, we're looking at the promises of God. I read all the scriptures that said that God is the healer, that Jesus is the healer, that when the woman reached out in hope to touch the hem of Jesus's garment, that she knew she'd be healed, and she was. And the, the others that said, if you speak it, I know it'll happen. They believe that, and it did happen. And we've got to think that way. We've got to believe that way. We've got to anticipate God's blessing. In order for us to believe that prosperity is for us, we've got to anticipate and expect God's blessing. But we've got to have the guidelines and direction that God has given us. And that is the, remember what I've already said, the trusting and to avoid greed and to love instruction from the Lord and to believe that God is going to bless us. So we will receive this message and walk forward with it in a very positive manner. I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. That's man's program. I'm talking about the power of claiming God's word. I'm talking about calling forth those things as though they are, as though they are today, Lord. Those things that are not, the things that are not happening now, we're calling forth that they will happen. So if you're not prospering financially today, don't worry about that. Don't let those circumstances bother you and keep you and rob you from the potential that God sees in you and that you can see in yourself and believe that God can do it. Because I know that you believe that the Bible tells us that we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Well, just claim that and believe that and believe that God wants us to be an overcomer, that God wants us to be successful, that God wants us to prosper, that God wants to bless us. And I'll tell you, if you start believing that way and start trusting God that way and start craving to his instructions and, and seeking those guidelines he's given us and to work hard and to plan well, those are the things that we need to do in order to receive the fullness and the blessings of God in our finances. And I believe that you can prosper and I believe that you will prosper if you Set your life up to be controlled by God's word, directed by the Holy Spirit, led of the Holy Spirit, that you seek the instructions of the Lord. And there's wisdom that comes from that. And that wisdom will turn into a positive blessing in your life. So I'm just going to believe it right now. I'm going to claim it for you. And I'm just going to say a little quick prayer here, I believe, that will kind of summarize all this. Father, I thank you once again for this opportunity I've had to teach this lesson to this wonderful group of people, Father, who are listening in today. And I pray, Father, that they would receive the prosperity message in their life, Father, that they can say prosperity is mine because they're following your word. They're following your instructions, Father. They're following the guidelines that you've laid out. Father, I know that you desire to bless and I know that you are filled with so much prosperity that you want to pour out that blessing of prosperity on your followers. So I pray, Lord, that you would bless those that are listening in today and I'll thank you for it. And we believe, God, we're going to hear great reports of people who have received this message, Father, and are walking now in trust and faith in you and they're calling forth those things that are not 
as though they are today and they see themselves in that position they desire to be. And I thank you for it now and give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, I believe the Holy Spirit intervened in this teaching today because I had a different lesson plan laid out. I had it kind of designed it to go in a different direction, but I believe the Lord wanted me to get into scriptures and talk about those scriptures in relationship to how they will help us fulfill our dream, which is to see prosperity in our life. If you'd like to receive additional teachings and instructions on these areas of prosperity and generosity in our finances, you can go to my webpage entitled davidcfriendauthor.com and there's information there that should help you get additional training and teaching in the areas of your finances. In addition to that, you can subscribe to my podcasts on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd like to make a special point today about my webpage. I've recently opened it up so that people will be able to pull down a free email book, if you will. I've written something I think that'll be beneficial to you in your financial planning. In addition to that, I've got monthly newsletters that will be coming out to give tips and ideas on how we can prosper and be successful financially. Now, I'm not trying to take you in a direction where you only think about money and finances. There will be a time in the teachings on quality Christian living where we will talk about other subjects and other issues. I've got books I've written on faith, books I've written on the Vietnam challenges that our veterans are having today. Those veterans are struggling with PTSD and things like generosity. And also, I think a book that's very helpful, which is to experience the joy of debt-free living. Those are all things that are already on my webpage that you can get directly from Amazon. So I encourage you to seek out that information. I think it'll be a help to you. So let me just close this out by saying this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Our next episode is entitled Ethical Prosperity. That's an important one for people that if you think are really not that ethical, maybe they're not totally honest, they're dishonest people. I've seen dishonest people take away money from people and the people they're taking the money away from don't even know it's happening to them. So it's crucial that we have a good, strong, moral standard of good ethics in our finances. God can't bless someone who's trying to take something from someone else. But God will bless someone who is being blessed financially by being a person of high integrity, good moral character, and they operate with ethics in the area of their finances. I believe that and we're going to see that and talk about that in our next upcoming episode. So until next time, may God richly bless you.